Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Steve Moore and Mark Castleman here on the PBSC Podcast. It's good to be with you guys today. Uh, we're actually recording this on Memorial Day, which wow. is, just demonstrates our dedication and love for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, it is great to be with you today. We've got uh, a, good, a good show lined up for you today. We had a question come in this week from a listener. And we typically, when we have questions, uh, we do like to address those. That's what we're we're here to do um, when they do come in. And this is this is a good one, but it is one that we're going to break down into a couple different sections so that we can actually address this kind of an intelligent way because there are quite a few questions that are being being answered. Uh, and so we thank our listener for for putting putting herself out there and 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 bringing this up because it's a topic that we don't oftentimes talk about. Uh, here on the podcast, um, because uh, because this has to do with engagements and a relationship that uh, has not yet been, I guess, taken to the next level, right, of commitment when it comes to a formal formal legal marriage. So, uh, with that in mind, I'll just go ahead and read this first little part, and uh, we'll kind of address it, and we'll go along here. So she begins. I am engaged and have concern. Oh, sorry, I should begin at the beginning. Thank you for the podcast. It has helped and supported me as I work through betrayal trauma. I am engaged and have concerns about entering a marriage soon with someone I do not trust. I stated that porn was a deal breaker before we got together. He said he wanted to quit and had been working towards that. I am now realizing he lied. The porn never stopped during the two years we have been together. He he realizes it hurts me deeply and now says he is quitting for real. However, I am unsure how genuine this is. So we'll go and we'll pause right there. This will be kind of the first little chunk that we'll address. And uh, Mark is here, here with me, and I think he's. I am he's, here. He's finding some, some tactful ways to share his passionate feelings. Oh man, that's <laughs> a yeah, that's a big deal for me. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and first of all, I mean, we want everybody to know we're, 
you know, we don't know all the circumstances behind this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're not trying to, you know, put some blanket thing about this. That's the be all end all. However, there are some really some pretty strong things that just jump out at you immediately. And we want to talk to this from our experience and our recovery mm-hmm. and our marriages, as well as people we've worked with for decades. Yeah. You know, so the first thing I just jumps out at me is where she says, I'm engaged. I have concerns about entering into a marriage with someone I do not trust. Mm-hmm. And that just shouted at me. I'm like, yeah. wow. Okay. First of all, the time to put on the rose colored glasses is not before you're married. Mm-hmm. You want to have like yeah. full. Uh, 360 degree, you know, microscopic vision <laughs> before you jump into marriage, Absolutely. so that you're, you try to see everything that's that's going on as authentically and genuinely as you can. And if you already have somebody that you do not trust after two years of of engagement, that is a huge warning flag, right? Yeah, not just a warning flag, a giant alarm. Yeah, it's going yeah. off. No, absolutely. I mean, you and I were talking about this before the podcast begins. I mean, in in most relationships, and again, we take into account, we know very little about the situation. So this is just a quick take and perspective, but based on experience, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of engaged couples over the years and having been engaged myself, I uh, can definitely say a little bit about this. Typically, people show their best selves, right? During an engagement. You know, when you were dating, when we're looking at getting engaged, when we're, you know, looking to Oh, and that's ten, that tends to be a period of time in the relationship where the, where the romance, for example, in the relationship is the highest, yep. right? There, where there's the, there's the most, uh, there are the most bids for connection being put out. We tend to, you know, put out our best self and we're getting ready. We're getting ready for hours in front of the mirror before every time we get together. And, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a whole element to that that really speaks to a lot of our best selves coming out, you know, during that time frame. And it, I think it, that it is a concern that even during that time frame, there are so many red flags because if these are the things that you just know right now, not being in a fully committed relationship with this person, I don't know if you guys are living together or not with together or not, but um, there is a whole different dynamic to take into account there as well. Uh, it's one thing to if 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 there are things that bother or trouble you about a relationship with somebody that you see a few hours a day you're now going to be together 24 hours a day to it. So take the positives and the negatives and multiply them by 12. And that is, you know, <laughs> right. kind of what you're going to have. Cause all those yeah. little, all the mm-hmm. really good things will be amplified, but so will all of the idiosyncrasies, the trust issues, the whatever, right. Those will be more constant and deep. Yeah. So. And she's, and she says, um, he said he wanted to quit and, and had been working towards that. Now mm-hmm. I realized he lied. Yeah. that trust thing again. And she said the porn never stopped during the two years we've been together. So she said he wanted to quit and has been working towards it, but then it never stopped. Yeah. There needs to be a really big reality check as you start to look at what it takes for somebody to let go of. And we don't know this guy, but I, I'm making a, a few general assumptions. This has probably been going on for him for some time. Yeah. I don't know how old he is, but if he's typical, you know, since his teen years. So how do you take a behavior like that that is so entrenched where you've got a brain wired to it? And and later on, she says he's got friends that, you know, don't think it's a big deal. So your peers are into it. You've been into it. It's been a long time. What does it realistically take to break out of that behavior? It isn't yeah. just saying, yeah, I, I want to quit and I'm working towards that. You're working towards that? <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. wow, yeah. this is this is like an all hands on deck, all in, right? Pedal to the metal. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get this out of my life for you. Yes. Because I'm I'm now going to enter into a commitment to you. And that means putting on the sacrificial altar certain things that I've engaged with in the past that I'm taking off the table yeah. as part of committing myself to you. This is a big deal. Right? Yeah, this is not absolutely. something to just say, yeah, I'm working towards it or yeah, I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm trying to break out. Yeah. Well, like my wife says, okay, talk is cheap. Show me. Mm-hmm. Right? The big show me. So what's he been doing? Yeah. Step groups, therapy. Uh, what, what's been happening with his, his so-called recovery? Well, and you bring up a great point, Mark, because I, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time and I don't know of a single example. And I tried doing this. I know you did too. I don't have a single example where, where a guy's been able to quit this stuff in a vacuum. No, if he's not involving outside supports, you cannot quit an attachment disorder without establishing healthy attachments. It just isn't possible. Right. And, and you know, I've, I, we've all tried to do this thing in secrecy or just not to bring anyone into it or do one-on-one, but breaking out of that long-term, could it never happen? I rarely say never on a podcast or with a client. Is it extremely impossible? <laughs> In many respects, yes, it's, yeah, yes, it's it is. Kind of, it's not quite at the the level of seeing a unicorn, but it's pretty rare. Yeah, it's it's right it's up like there. A, it's, it's, yep, I'm all, I'm doing this all on my own, and I just quit. It's done. It's no more, no longer in my life. Yes. Now, we'll, we'll and we'll go ahead and we'll continue on here. So I I and I know that for the listener who put this out there, I hope I hope that this is coming off in a loving way because I know this is pretty hard to hear, but we'll, we'll keep going with this, the next section of this letter and we'll talk about that as well. Firstly, he is still secretive about aspects of his life outside of porn. Secondly, I have seen messages he has sent to his friends that paint my expectations as too high or that I'm crazy for making a big deal about this. His friends do not see us using porn as an issue, so I'm unsure if this is how my fiance actually feels or if he is trying to fit in with them. Mm. So when I... When I look at that, like right out the gate, right? I mean, those first two lines just jump out. So there are other aspects that now we don't have any, you know, expansion on what that looks like. But uh, you guys have been together for two years. That's a long time. Uh, two years is a long time to be in a relationship to to have that level of commitment. Um, you know, you guys really ought to be heading on that intimacy intimacy trajectory that Mark and I oftentimes talk about and be hitting a point, I think by this point where you guys are able to really be sharing most things with each other. I would expect that from an any engaged couple in a healthy place, but particularly one that's been together for so long. Um, and so if there are other, and we don't know what those other aspects are, but that is a huge concern. Um, absolutely. Cause, uh, and, and, and that is very true. I mean, when we're deceptive in one area, the likelihood that we are deceptive in another is pretty high. Yeah. Uh, then, then this other part, right. This is kind of a whole other thing. I've seen these, I've seen messages he sent to his friends that pay my expectations as too high. And I know that she brings up a concern about, you know, whether this is him just trying to fit in or if this is how he actually feels. I would say, I would say this, um, that if you're going to, the first thing that steps out to me, and I know Mark will have others to add, is you know a relationship, especially again a two-year committed one, needs to be one where there's an emotional maturity on the part of both people, right? Where you're able to stand up and advocate for your for for your partner, and 
whether and I, I, yeah, like you said, I don't know if that's just him talking about that, you know, trying to fit in or if he's just wanting to keep the peace or whatever. But to me, I think either example is, is definitely a red flag about some emotional immaturity going on. He ought to be able to stand up to his friends and say, look, you guys live however you want. Right. And I know this hasn't been okay, but this is not okay for us. And so, yeah, quit bringing it up. Like we shouldn't even be talking about this. That's yeah, just my that's, take. Yeah, it's know? a big, big, big red flag. What totally. you said, you know, what we want to be, what we want to really be moving toward is we talk about all the time: authenticity, transparency, yeah. realness, rawness. What you see is what you get, right? As I say, mm-hmm. into me you see, into you yeah. I see. We're intimate, and if there's things being hidden at this point, before the the major commitment of marriage has been made, you have to ask yourself what what's it going to be like after. Just yeah. because we sign a piece of paper doesn't mean that things suddenly, you know, radically change. Totally. So this authenticity aspect concerns me. Does he know how to be transparent? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other part is, boy, you could standing up for your future spouse is absolutely critical. How many couples have you and I worked with where the woman says, he doesn't have my back. He yeah. doesn't stand up for me. Yeah. either with his family or his friends, or he abandons me. Mm-hmm. I have heard that so many times. Yes. And absolutely. And when, when you, when you're, even when you're engaged, it's like, okay, you are number one in my life. You are number one. There's nothing above you. And I am fully committed. I, I will, I will defend you and stand up for you in every way I possibly can. And if that's not happening, if there's already this, abandonment, this duplicity, this sort of waffling when it comes to this issue because of the circumstance, even if he's just trying to fit in with them, that's still very problematic. Yeah, absolutely. And you're no, right. Can, it's a maturity issue. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lack of a lack of a capacity to be able to, or, or a willingness to do that. And, you know, that could speak to a lot of different issues, which we don't have time to get into today. But, but yeah, there, there are a lot of concerns here, definitely. And my next thought kind of goes along with the next part of the letter. Sorry for the length of the message, but I provide these deals to, details to ask both of you if you would or suggest that if you would suggest the same path of recovery and reconciliation for a couple who is not yet married as for a couple that is married. Or would you say that encountering issues like this before marriage is a sign not to take that extra step of commitment to each other? I think that Mark and I could probably both agree, and I think most in in our position would agree that most definitely the answer assigned not to take that extra commitment to each other. I would put at the end of that yet, and then I would put a period there instead of a instead of a question mark. Right? Yes. I definitely would say not to take that next step of commitment yet, for yet. sure. It's a matter um, of timing. There's there's a ton of work that needs to take place. Yes. As we, and again, we don't know all the details of this, but as I look at this, it's, this guy's got a long road of recovery of, you know, depends on how, how much of the hard work he's willing to do, how genuine is he in really wanting to break out of this? And if he is, you know, you and I, Steve, we talk to guys and say, you're looking at a minimum. I tell guys a minimum of 12 months Mm -hmm. really to get yourself really solid, sober, and on a great track moving forward. Yes, longer than that to be, you know, permanently sober to like really, you know, you've often said three to five years. Sure. But, you know, 12 good solid months of hard work and you're, you're on a really good path in many cases. Yeah. So to me, that's like a minimum here. 
Totally. Well, and in a, in a relationship where two people are supposed to be equal, this secrecy part, I think, continues to concern me the most because mm-hmm. I've seen that most prevalently. I mean, almost more than the porn. Obviously, I don't want to minimize the porn, right, and the betrayal there. But I'll just, just speaking to this, this awesome listener directly, anyone in a relationship, including yourself, deserves to be in one in which you don't have to worry all day about what your partner is doing. Mm-hmm. We work with spouse after spouse where that is the case, where they have to worry about that all the time. And does that mean that this relationship can't work? Of course not. Mark and I are very devout Christians. We're very open about that on this podcast. And being coming from a reference point of that means that we believe in concepts like forgiveness and change and accountability, right? All of those things are possible. We're, we'd like to think we're kind of walking, talking examples to that, that anybody can change. But yeah, as far as jumping into a relationship, uh, you, you talk about this path of recovery and reconciliation. I would say... I mean, definitely it would be as that path ought to be just as stringent, if not more so, simply because you have the option to do it that way. Um, there ought to be, as a, again, as a married couple, there are just dynamics at play that just amplify either the good or the bad in the relationship more so than wherever you're at right now. And, and you're, gonna, you're going to want to have a demonstrable amount of time like Mark said, I would agree with that. I mean, a minimum of a year and not just him saying stuff. If you listen to all their other podcasts, right? Is he checking all the boxes on stuff that's verifiable? Is he proactively seeking your, your help and healing? Is he willing to jump in there and do those things on his own? Or is he kind of being drug around by yourself, you know, to do them? Because yeah. any spouse that we've worked with will tell you the same thing I'm going to tell you. That approach is completely exhausting. And is not sustainable for most spouses in long term. That constant pull of having to kind of drag your partner along in this process is one of the things that ends relationships most commonly when we're working on these things. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to consider. And if you talk about so so where would we go from here, right? When you're in mm-hmm. this situation, and for me, it would you, you you first you have some really raw, real conversation. You you come together and get really blunt. Instead of yeah. you know, sticking in the corners and pretending it's not there, you know, avoiding and skirting the issue, you got to get you got to get super real, and then you start practicing. Let's start practicing true authenticity. Let's start practicing, you know, true connection. Like, what are these things? I these messages I saw you send your friends. Tell me about yeah. that. This is very disturbing to me, right? And just yeah. starting to test this, test the honesty. Is there transparency? Mm-hmm. Can you see it? And then, of course, is he starting to make real inroads into recovery? Has he joined a 12-step group? Does he have a sponsor? Has he, you know, has he sought out therapy? So all of you start, you start engaging, not talking about it only, but engaging in all the aspects, recovery, transparency, connection, authenticity, and you start practicing those things, and then you see how it goes over time. Yeah. And that ver- that attitude is verifiable in so many ways. And Mark and I can speak to both having been on the good side of that and the bad side of that, right? Mm-hmm. If yeah. you bring up, for example, things like his podca- like this podcast or the program that we offer for couples, which we would highly encourage you to take a look at, uh, Dare to Connect, that we started about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about issues like this on here all the time. And we have groups, specifically support sessions, specifically for addicts, spouses, and couples. When you bring up things like that, hey, do you want to listen to this? Hey, would you be willing to do this with me? Does he resist or is he open to it because a guy who's sincerely open to the process of change is going to be wanting to take in every possible 
you know, good resource that he can? Or is there an automatic, you know, you know, resistance to that? That is probably one of the best ways, I think, to to begin to gauge where his willingness really is. Because like Mark said, talk is cheap. It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I'm serious about this. I want to get better. It's another one to call up a therapist or, you know, subscribe into the DTC program or to commit to listening to a podcast or all of the above, right? Those are actual verifiable things that require a person to invest emotionally, financially, spiritually, right, in, in the process. And those are all things that you're going to need in a good marriage. And if he's not willing to do those things in, in regard to his own help and healing, Mark and I say this on the podcast all the time, the degree to which you love yourself is the degree to which you have the capacity to love other people. And if he's not willing to advocate there and be there for himself on that level, his capacity to do that for you, no matter how well-intentioned, is just going to be dis- diminished and there's no way around it. There's just not. Yeah. Yep. So we would encourage, uh, you know, the, 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 the person that uh, sent us this inquiry, it's, you know, at this point, pull out all the stops on transparency yep. and authenticity. And this needs to now all be brought onto the table to be discussed openly and bluntly. This is one of those things we would call, hopefully, collaborative conflict, because this is, mm-hmm. this is conflict. Yeah. This is, this is the time to bring it all out and say, here it is. We're going we're gonna to hash this out, not after we're married. Mm-hmm. It's, it's now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's this last little piece we probably to address really quickly is their hope for recovery of his friends and closest influences do not seem pouring use as an issue. Mm-hmm. I would say that the people that we are closest to are the people that we can be honest with and transparent with and who can support us in our goals. And if his goals truly are to be done with this and to be with you, then I would say just putting it bluntly that, that those friendships are therefore incompatible with you guys moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't see how those can coexist if they really are deep relationships. Um, so yeah, that would just be the last kind of piece to throw out there as always guys. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. We love you. And, and we know that, uh, this is a pretty limited view taking into account very few of the factors involved, but hopefully for our listeners, this kind of gives an idea of, uh, of what you're getting into and, and the things to be looking out for. Um, because there is a, we, we all want to be moving to the trust and intimacy side of recovery, but there is this accountability and the hard work that has to be done on the on the front end if you're going to really build that foundation that you're looking for so uh, we appreciate you have a great week and uh, we will talk to you next week yep see you then bye-bye everything expressed on the pbse podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only this podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof it is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.